0: Here's Pastor Scott. Matthew 6, 33. Jesus is teaching and he said, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, How Do You Identify? Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. God, I pray right now that you would clear my mind and anoint my mouth to say only the things that would honor you, God. I ask you to be our guide, our teacher, Lord. Comfort those who need comforting. Speak to our hearts, God. We're your children, and we need you, and we thank you for your word, and we ask that you let it come to life today in Jesus' name. Amen. How do you identify. Man, there is a lot going on with that, with that question. If you walked out into the streets today, and you asked people how they identify, you might get a whole bunch of different answers. You, they, you might be leaned into a direction that you weren't ready for. And I, we're going to touch on that a little bit today, but I want you to go deeper than what common culture is referencing. Say deeper. Uh, tomorrow, before we get into the Word, uh, the Bible says give honor to whom honors is due. Tomorrow is Michael King Jr. Day. What's his name? That ain't his name. What's his real name? What did I say it was? Don't go with culture. Go with the pastor. That's Michael King Jr. Uh, we know him at and uh, his government name is Michael King Jr. Guess what his daddy's name was? No, his daddy wasn't no Martin Luther nothing. His daddy was Michael King Sr. Look at, that. Look at the color Look at the color of my melon, and look at the color of Deke's melon, and and who knows what the man's name is and who don't. Now, if you don't get if you don't, get this for sure, you ought to be able to learn from anybody. We we live in a world where where if we don't feel like somebody's an expert on you, you, I hear people saying all the time, you shouldn't have an opinion about abortion. You're a man. What does that mean? We can't have an opinion about uh, crack addicts, murder, and child molesting and and not be a crack addict, child molester, or a murderer. You ought to be able to learn truth from anybody who's speaking truth. Um, I honor Dr. King. Obviously, uh, we know him as... Uh, Dr. Reverend Martin Luther King Jr. for the first five years of his life before his daddy decided to want to change his own name, and then he did the same thing to his son at five plus years old and changed uh, Michael King Jr. to Martin King Jr. Uh, Dr. King is without a doubt one of the most influential figures in American history. Uh, He's had a profound impact on my life, so much so that um, I, I have studied his life I've 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 studied his cause, I've have uh, I've touched the glass. It's glassed off. You can't go in the room, but you can walk past the hotel room where he spent his last life at the Lorraine Motel, and everything is left untouched. Everything's in the exact same place it was uh, when Dr. King got shot. I've been across the street to the the uh, Dr. King Museum, uh, just one of the one of the great people in American history. Uh, does that mean he was perfect? No, he had issues like the rest of us. But God used him. And I've heard so many people say, well, what does it make what I do? I'm just one person. And I, I almost always say, Dr. King was one person. Then I get to Jesus was one person. So you can't relate to Jesus, though, because you can't, you know, you, you, you're, not, you're not Jesus. But... Uh, I, I just thank God for showing us how, how, how much He could accomplish through the life of one person it 's easy for us as human beings to, to be inspired by people or causes or things, and there 's nothing wrong with that. Different people draw inspiration from different things. Some people are inspired by music. There are people like Deacon Ken who 's been in music his whole his whole life i don 't even know do, do you even remember when, when you first started playing? When you first got interested in music? Six years old. Made a living as a professional musician. Listen, singing worldly music, traveling around, having women lust after him. Uh, you know, as, 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 as the, the man in the band. Got, got a, you, you got copies of that album? Somebody might want one. You never know. Uh, hey, he's got a fan. You still got copies of uh, Go Down to Nineveh? You still got that on? Uh, He's got a great Christian album out. uh, But music, it would be fair to say in some capacity that music has been his life. But if that's the ultimate guide, then he's missed the mark by a long shot because what should be his life? I thank God for three people that know the answer. You better learn how to identify in a world that is obsessed and consumed with causing you to pick and identity. We never had to pick an identity. Man, I'm going to tell you what. When I listen, I had somebody telling me the other day that, uh, and, and they were African American, they, they, they told me out of their mouth, African Americans, they much better off now than they were before Dr. King. I, and I told them, shame on you for saying that. Shame on you for saying that. Uh, doc, doc, Dr. King and people that came before him hung from trees and, and, and had, had real devastation and gained a lot of rights. And so we, we were having that kind of conversation. Uh, but we were talking about identifying. But today, that's all people talk about. When I was a kid, you, pick, you check male or female. There was no other. There was no other. Uh, listen, look at us right now. Everybody in this room is either black or white. And uh, praise the Lord. I, I, Hallelujah. See see how good God is right on time? He's a right on time God. When I was a kid, checking boxes, going to school, they got like 17 different races on there. right. Pacific Islander. Okay, we, we're stretching for that. But we got all these different boxes. Do you know there were three boxes when I was a kid in America? Now, remember Jacksonville, Florida, when I was in, uh, when I went to Joseph Stilwell Junior High School in 1976, Jacksonville was 87% white. Some, some of y'all wouldn't recognize the Jacksonville like that. But Jacksonville has grown, and as cities get bigger, they get more diverse. There were three boxes to check. You had to pick one. White, black. Anybody know what the third box was? Other. Hispanics didn't get their own box in 1976. Are you kidding me? Blacks and whites got their own box. It was black, white, or other. Technically, it said other than. And the the, the people who were not black and white, the black kids called them and the white. At Joseph Stillwell Jr. High School in 1986, the, if you weren't black or white, everybody unsaved, bully children, they walked around and called you OT. Oh, you got one of them OTs in your class. What's OT? <laughs> that was the only identifiers they the government gave back back then. Now today, not just racially, there's about fifteen different check boxes you can check. And then, but see, now we've progressed. Years later, fifty years later, now we're living in an America that has not only expanded the uh, ethnic boxes that you can check, there, there wasn't no OT for gender, it was just male, female. Then a handful of years ago, they slopped, slapped an OT box in there, they, other than, but, but now, they just got a whole list of people, and underneath the bare bass, it says other. I'm like, oh, they, you didn't cover it enough, pansexual, non-sexual, non-binary, non-gender conforming, gender fluid, you, you, you got a thousand. And, and then if that didn't tickle you, other. Man, this question is getting more and more relevant. A hundred years ago, uh, there, there wasn't all these different identities that people were so desperate to cling to, but we've got them. And there's a difference between loving something, being inspired by it, Versus identifying it as who you are. And obviously, Deacon Ken has loved music. So nothing wrong with love and music. Music has been a big part of his life. It, 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 it's part of, part of who he is, but it better just be part. Say part. For some people, uh, the inspiration they draw from, the thing that they gravitate to, is sports or art or poetry or music or, or dance or gossip. Boy, America is smart at marketing. You wonder how a nation that is one of the youngest nations in the world can have so much power around the world because America's smart at, uh, at marketing. I know, I know five people in the room are thinking, because of oppression and colonialism? Listen, there's oppression on other continents. None, none of them are as powerful and uh, at the forefront as America. Well, America did more oppression than colonialism. No, they didn't. Brazil did more oppression than colonialism. Portugal did more oppression. But how in the world has America pushed itself as a small nation to the forefront, which is good at marketing? We are are so good at marketing. We got people who latch on to this, that, and the other thing, and you need to be careful what pulls you in. Man, we market sports at a high level. Man, we've got multiple stores in most malls in the country. You, don't, you, can't, you just don't go to one uh, gear shop. you got multiple different stores in, in every mall in Jacksonville where you can go buy a jersey that says LeBron on it or James on it. you you got multiple stores where you can go and, and buy uh, merchandise that's got brands' names on it, celebrities' names on it. But the ultimate in our merchandising is gossip. I don't know how many countries have it because I haven't been to all of them. But next time you check out at Winn-Dixie, Publix, Food Line, wherever, whatever you, gotta, wherever you go to, uh, look at those magazines they have up near the checkout stand. Uh, they're officially called, um, are those periodicals? That might be something else. Rags. Yeah, they call them, in the industry they call them rags. Just, just average magazine. They're gossip rags. And America realized that so many people are so sucked in to current culture that they want to hear every single thing that the Kardashians have to say. That go ahead and or they 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 just want some juice on somebody. So and so goes bankrupt after divorce. Ooh, Costner lost all his money. I got to read that. Listen, hear me good. Kevin Costner can't lose all his money. They're still sending him money. Uh, but people just gravitate to certain things, and we, we need and, and, and it's all right to love sports it's all right to for your family to be big on family it's all right for your family to be big on tradition, but what we've got to be careful about is that people things, causes, never become who we are as an identity all, uh, but only pieces of a life with a bigger meaning. I want somebody to say bigger meaning. bigger meaning. See, if you believe in God, and I hope you do, but if you believe in God, you need to believe in the devil. Well, what if I believe in God don't believe in the devil? Then you don't believe in the God of the Bible because the God of the Bible teaches that the devil is a real, active, living being with, with massive amount of uh, authority and control as God Allows him to. See, if there's good, there's got to be bad. If there's light, there's got to be dark. If there's forces of righteousness, then there are forces of evil. Listen to what God told the Ephesians in chapter 6, verse 11. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Now, typically when this verse is being read, uh, preachers go into a long list of body armor from head to toe, but I want you to look at the last part of the verse. We put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. Let's pretend like we're in Wednesday night, slow it down, Bible study, and, and, and we're raising up theologians in the room. Based on the last part of that verse, you ought to understand that the devil has what? Strategies. Strat- oh, he's got strategies. He's got a game plan. He's got a game plan. And he game plans different for me than he game plans for you. He game plans different because he knows things that punch my hot buttons that never would push your hot buttons. I've had people in the church ask me, Pastor, is Elder Jimmy just playing about road rage? Oh, no, he deals with it. Does he deal with it? He says he's better now. Praise the Lord. But they're like, and I've had people say, that's just so silly to me. I, I, I don't, I, I, people drive crazy, I don't get wired up by it. Well, the, the devil knows the right strategy for you. The devil's not going to send crazy traffic your way. Listen, whatever pushes your buttons is going to come your way a bunch. Learn how to stop letting the devil know he's pushed your buttons. Don't let him see you sweat. Because whatever he sees you sweat, guess what? It's coming back again. It's coming back again. For the alcoholic, you're going to have alcoholic temptation all the time. For the whoremonger, you're going to have hoes surrounding you all the time. For for the road rager, you're going to have bad drivers surrounding you all the time. For the person who is bitter, you're going to have things that that just gravitate towards your bitterness. To the racist, you're going to have racial things popping on you all the time. Why? Because the devil has what? Oh, I love the specificity of the Word of God. It doesn't say the devil has a strategy. He says he got multiple strategies. He got more than a strategy. He has the plural of strategy. He has strategies. Why? Because the one thing that might make me want to throw my hands up and quit life forever uh, wouldn't even phase Deacon Dixon. And, and 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 the one thing that might drive Aisha right out of her mind uh, might not even phase Sister Nancy. So he has strategies. And here's what you need to know: you need to learn how to either be so dominant in your game plan, no game plan strategy against you would work. Y'all, m- many of y'all not old enough to remember uh, the, the the greatest running back in. NFL history, Uh, I'm right all by myself, whether you understand or not, Walter Payton was undoubtedly the greatest running back, and and here's why. When you played the Chicago Bears in the 80s, you didn't have to game plan for a passing game. You didn't have to worry about special teams. All you had to worry about was 34, because 34 was coming. 34 was coming up the middle, 34 was going left, and 34 was going right. It's like when Herschel Walker was at Georgia. They didn't have the game plan for much. They knew he was coming. But, see, if you don't that ma- Bears, they didn't have to hide their game plan. They could have took out a bulletin. They could have called the team they were playing that next Sunday. Oh, by the way. Walter Payton will be playing in Sunday's game, and he will be carrying the ball 32 times, and he's going to get 140 yards and three touchdowns. Stop him if you can. They didn't have to hide their game plan because they were masters at their game plan. Now, if you're not a master at your game plan, if if you can't be like the Bears and just let everybody know, oh, by the way, uh, Walter's getting the ball first play of the game. If, if, you're, if you haven't mastered your life, you might consider reacting less to what trips you up so the devil and everybody around you don't know how to get your goat, how, how, how to put a bee in your bonnet, because the devil has different strategies for different people. He knows, hear me, your weak point. He knows what sets you off. He knows what gets your goat. Let me tell you what. All you need to do, and listen, I'm about to expose some of y'all. If if you are a white racist, or if you know a white racist, all it takes for you is for some African American man to walk past you holding holding the top of his, his belt loops here. And then all oh, your racism just flashes out. That's what, and then you just go on your tirade. If you're a black racist, all it takes for you is to see some old white guy drive by in a convertible Bentley, and then you're like, you know he got that money by a pressman, and then your whole get is just on slam. Why? Because the devil's got strategies. Because he knows you, you, you let somebody uh, drive by with, with a make America great again, and you're and you and you're a black racist. America was never great. That's the dumbest thing I... <laughs> i heard i told y'all i went around the last two weeks of the year and went to different preaching uh, one of the time one of the churches i went to was potter's house and i heard and after after it was over and, and I, I bishop was gracious and he stood me up uh before he preached I, he didn't know i was coming i sat uh not on the very front and you know at back middle and uh he saw me and he stopped and he stood me up and and told everybody you know how long we've been together and all that, and we ended up, he invited me into his office with him and his wife for about an hour after church, and we had a good time. But at some point in his message, he talked about make America great again, and he said when was America ever great? I don't know if he felt my heart as, as one of three white people that were in the room. He will tell you, he, he pastors a predominantly black church. I told him, no, I pastor a predominantly black church. You pastor a black church. Anyway, <laughs> he said he said when, when was America great? See that reveals something about the heart of somebody who says that. It reveals a couple things. Number one, you 've never traveled and and he 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 turned it back around and talked about all the countries he 's been to, and by far America's the greatest country on the planet, and then he he, he cleaned it up with that, but uh pe- people 's pain gets exposed by what they say. I'm t- I, I, y'all already heard me tell you. Is the heat on? It's hot in here. Somebody say it feels good? It's all right? All right, leave it how it is. Uh, I, I told y'all, I hear these people say, America's a horrible country. America, America mistreats. America's a misogynist patriarchy that mistreats women. Mm. Try Pakistan. Get you some of that. And then that's like saying that you think your mama can't cook. Let me cook for you. You'll run back to mama's house. (laughs) Well, America is just a prejudicial, bigoted nation against LGBTQ PIA++. I'm not making these things up. That's what it's come to. You should be gay. Then it used to be gay and lesbian. But then the the lesbians went feminist, and they said, if anything, you're going to put the L before the G. Yes, ma'am. Uh, I'm, uh, yes, sir. <laughs> hey, you. Hey, they're they're making laws. There are laws in America right now about misgendering people. You get in trouble. I hear people say America mistreats the LGBTQIA++ plus plus community. Listen, try Turkey, Iran, Iraq. You'd be coming running back to America saying, hey, America ain't perfect, but whoo, it's a whole lot better than what is going on. But whatever your weak spot is, you're going to see it all the time, all the time. I don't know if you ever bought a new car. Some of y'all might be driving your first car. I don't know. Uh, but if you ever buy a new car, guess what you're going to see all over the roads as you drive? That's my car. I just <laughs> say. They didn't come out with more cars that look like yours. You're just going to notice it because you're looking for it. That, that racist is bothered. What difference does it make if some dude's walking with his, with, holding his, now, now remember, this is, this is where his belt is. This is the top of his blue jeans. What difference does it make if he's hobbling around, uh, l- l- looking crazy? You're going to let that fire you up, and uh, you got a weak spot on the inside of you. You got a trigger that's easily pulled, and whatever triggers you is not the world's problem. Get ready; that's your problem. You learn how to get past that, you won't start seeing it everywhere. That that that, dude, that old dude that's bothered by this. Guess what he sees everywhere? That sees that everywhere. Somebody who's bothered by uh, transgenders. I I do not know one human being in my life, and neither do 98% of the people in this room. You don't know one transgender, fully transitioned, am I right, Alfred? Don't know one, not a one. Grown man, uh, I'm 60 years old, I don't know one. Why is it on the news so much? Why is it at the forefront of every news hour? Because there's a lot of people that's triggered by it. So I'm not triggered by it. I mean, I, I used to go back when before I was saved. I spent a lot of time down on Ashley and Davis. Now Hugo can remember what Ashley and Davis used to look like because Hugo's been in law enforcement for all those years. And I'm gonna tell y'all what. Y'all, and people think now that 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 uh, five points Riverside, whatever that kickbacks area is, Post and King, they think that's the young gentrified hot spot now to hang out late at night. Or they've they've gentrified Bay. Uh, Bay Street downtown, and they got a bunch of new hippie bars down there and people hanging out there. Jacksonville never had anything before or since Big Al's Odyssey Show Club, the Golden Slipper. They never had anything like that Popeye's that the then state attorney, Steve Austin, made the city bulldoze it down, not because it wasn't making money, but because every night people were getting killed down there because Men were dressing up as women pretending to be prostitutes, luring a bunch of stupid white people down there in their cars to get five minutes with a black woman. Whoops! Uh, Not anybody know in the street what what the name for, for he, she is in the street? It starts with S and ends with Issy. Yeah. Am I right or wrong, Hugo? Doctors and lawyers going down there. Throwing twenty dollars at a at a six foot three uh, person in a dress with a beard and hair on their arms, same four words coming out of their mouth in different pitches and different depths. Hey baby, you dating? Listen, those dudes were rolling. Hey baby, you dating? <laughs> I'm I'm good. They bulldozed all that. There was an exit that went up onto the interstate. They shut the exit down. They didn't want people going down to that end of the street. But if you are whatever you're looking for, if it bothers you, it don't bother me. I don't know a single one. But if, if I see some dude dressed up like a woman, prancing and and, and skipping uh, down the road, I'm not gonna put, I'm not, st- oh, that's what's wrong. I'm not going into some tirade. What do I care? It got nothing to do with me. It's not a trigger for me. Now, you know, if, if Deacon Dixon shows up next week with a wig on and a, and a dress, we got problems. We got problems. Coach Green in the back of the room, good to see you, Marvin. Uh, he understands if somebody yells man down, that's basketball terminology. This brother show, hey, Coach, if this brother shows up in a dress and a wig next week, I'm going to scream Deacon down. Y'all gonna know what I mean. We're going to be one man down. The devil is going to keep putting it in your face. Well, I'm just so tired of this, that, that. You know why you're tired of it? Because you see it everywhere. It's not everywhere. You see it everywhere. Just like when you buy uh, a car. Go ahead and buy a car that you didn't think everybody has. Uh, Like Elder Keon. Elder Keon's got a great ride. Ford Flex is a great ride. Uh, I promise you this. Go buy a Ford Flex. You'll see them everywhere. You don't see Ford Flex nowhere outside this parking lot. Uh, Ford, Ford said it was one of their least performing cars ever for the amount of money they put into it. But if you buy one, I promise you'll see them everywhere. Why? Because you'll be looking for it. You'll be looking for it. Go get a dog. Go get go get some uh, dog like uh, I bought Seth, a miniature golden doodle. I had never seen anybody had a miniature golden doodle in my life. I can't drive through the neighborhood now without seeing a miniature golden doodle. Why? Because I'm looking for it. I'm not consciously looking for it. When I say I'm looking for it, that might, that might give you the wrong impression. I'm not overtly looking for it, but I just recognize it more. Because it's what I've seen, and it ca- it catches my eye. You need to figure out what's catching your eye and triggering you. Because the devil's got a strategy against you. And until you stop letting that strategy work, I know people. Um, I had a friend of mine, We we actually... Ended up getting in a lot of trouble together before uh, before I got saved. And he ended up going to jail for a stretch, um, but if if you are in that type of lifestyle, if you're in a drug selling lifestyle, you're gonna see you're gonna see that everywhere you go. Yeah. You know, you know if you get around. I, I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and they were describing a house, and immediately I, I knew where they were going. They they they, they at the, before they even said it. I, I think it was a trap. Of course, it was a trap house. You, 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 you. When you know stuff about stuff, you see stuff that you've done. You see stuff that you've been exposed to. You can either say, "Yep, yeah, I see that for what it is," or you can cause it to set you off. No matter what it is. But that buddy of mine uh, that I was telling you about, I, we we were together when he had a heroin addiction, and he got off heroin. We were together when he had a Uh, Cocaine addiction, and he he got off cocaine. He didn't smoke cigarettes, but he chewed tobacco around. He'd fall asleep with tobacco in his mouth. And if he was here right now, he, he would testify in front of you that tobacco was the hardest drug he ever had. He said quitting heroin was easy. Quitting tobacco was a booger bear. And if you've ever had an addiction to tobacco, you might understand, to nicotine, you might understand what he's talking about. But I saw my mother, three-pack-a-day Marlboro in the red box since she was 13 years old, picking cotton on a farm in Louisiana, rolling her own King Edward uh, cigarettes. I saw her make a decision. I'm done with these. Before she got saved, her doctor told her she had an early-onset emphysema at 35 years old, and if she didn't quit smoking, she was going to die. She said, well, I'll die smoking a cigarette happy doing what I like to do. I told you all, my mom, she's gray now, but before she was gray, she spent 50 years of her life as an unnatural redhead. My mama's hair is the same color as mine. Well, mine's gray now, but it was brown. My mama dyed her head red because she said it fit her personality better. I said, Well, what do you think that means? I'm fiery. <laughs> yeah, well, that's one adjective. <laughs> he talked about how hard it was to quit nicotine. My mama, she didn't quit nicotine cigarettes when she got saved. She she wasn't no guilted into the church said don't smoke. They were saying all that, and she was like, She was laying in her she'd lay in her bed with her Bible and read her Bible for hours smoking. She wasn't she wasn't conflicted by it. Till till one one night, a long I don't know if you call it, it's not a string of ash, whatever it is, it fell on her Bible. And she moved so quick to get that off her Bible, and in her mind, something clicked that said those two things don't belong together. And she set down a three-pack-a-day habit and quit it like that. That's not That's not typical, but I know it's doable because I know my mama did it. I know it's a hard habit to get out of but if, 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 if you try to quit, every, every cigarette smoker I know that ever, ever wanted to quit has quit at least 175 times. Not 175, at least 175 times. I've had people come up to me, uh, purse up and say, uh, Pastor, I'm doing so good I quit smoking cigarettes last week, and I ain't had a cigarette all week long. Box of cools hanging out the purse. <laughs> I'm like, well, what's that for? Oh, that's just my emergency in case. Whatever it is that draws you in, it's just going to be in your face all the time. The the preacher telling jokes. I hate a joke telling preacher. Uh, Well, none of it is as much as you see it is. Whatever you're bothered about, there's not as much of it. There's certainly not as many transsexuals that have fully transitioned through surgery as you would think there are when that's all they talk about in Washington, D.C. and on Fox News and on CNN News but they know it bothers people. Certain people are bothered by it, so they keep putting that out. Why? Because the devil wants to keep whatever strategy sets you off right in your face. So you either got to overcome it or you got to downplay it, so he'll leave you alone by it. The devil's got strategies, different attacks for different people. I told you, a devil will use any strategy that he can to find anything other than Christ to draw away your attention. Some people are money motivated. Some, some, some people are education motivated, race, uh, affiliations, groups. Uh, you know, some, some people are like, well, are they alphas or are they capitals? Uh Some people are, they, they just, that, that's who they identify as. That, that's, that's what draws them in. And I want to say something that everybody's not going to like and everybody's not going to agree with, but you study it out and see, see what the truth is. Woke ideology is harming America at all levels and at all ages. You say, how, Pastor? You don't want people to be awake to the facts? I want people to be awake to the facts. I want people to know every real problem that exists in America. But let me, let me tell you what. Woke ideology is attempting to separate us into specific tiny little subgroups of subgroups. And that much separation disqualifies our ability to do what God said He blesses, and that's to walk in unity. If we're going to allow ideology to separate us into subgroups and subgroups, oh, if if me and Deacon Dixon went out into some culturally woke conference and they were dividing everybody up in, into their uh, identities, uh, they wouldn't let me and him go in. Now, if me and him were to walk in together, I want to be in whatever you know training class he's I want to be in whatever breakout session he's in as my friend we went oh no 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 no, no. y'all can't go in the same one uh, he, he's black you're white okay well um, well, I saw a white guy go, going over there in it. well he, he gets to come in because um, he's non-gender conforming non-binary asexual pansexual lunatic sexual uh, and we, we let him in and we just start dividing and separating dividing and separating dividing and separating that's the strategy that's on the table right now in America. This not only fights against our ability to be blessed by God, because God says where people dwell together in unity is the place that he blesses. People wonder why. How did the church be so successful in America for 200 years? Now, all of a sudden, all the statistics about churches are trending downward rapidly. Well, because of COVID. No, don't, it, it was happening way before COVID. Why? Because people in the body of Christ have more things that are pulling them away, pulling them and separating them. Tomorrow is going to be Dr. King's Day. And uh, anybody, are schools closed tomorrow? I hope some of you all are getting off tomorrow. Um, It's a national holiday. Um, But what Dr. King wanted was unity. Do you know if Dr. King turned on the TV or went to a current rally and he heard all of the separation and segregation that's being pushed for right now by people in America, he would tell them, "Don't don't put my name in it. Don't think I'll co-sign on that." Dr. King's push was not for uh, we got we we need black dollars being spent in black communities on black business. Uh, don't don't put Dr. King's name on that. White people need to come together and uh, don't don't put Dr. King's name on that. Uh, don't put Jesus' name on that. Dr. King and Jesus were about unity, not segregation. I want you to read, and you should. Shame on you if you never have. Is a huge part of the advancement of our nation and of Christianity in our nation is the Civil Rights Movement. And when Dr. King, and, and this wasn't even his best speech, no one even considers his I Have a Dream speech his best speech, but it's the most quoted speech. And uh, when he said that I have a dream, uh, well, the one part most people hang on is that little black girls and little black boys would join hands with little white boys uh, what, what, But listen, listen to what he said I wrote it down so I, I wouldn't ramble past it He said before he said anything about kids He said I have a dream that one day Sons of former slaves And sons of former slave owners Would sit together In love at the table of brotherhood Do you think really That's what's being pushed by wokeism In 2024 No we all want our own table we don't want them at the table. We had people die in this country for the right of, for, for schools to be integrated, and, and now we got people pushing segregation of schools. That, that, that limits unity, and it damages the body of Christ. I'm not saying this because it's cultural. I'm saying it because it's spiritual. If you don't have to hear the spirituality behind it, it is an attack of the devil to separate not just white against black, not just rich against poor, not just homosexual against heterosexual, not just any of the other thousand differentiators they use, but ultimately to pull people in the body of Christ apart from each other. And you need to wake up to the strategy of the devil, not just for sons of former slaves and slave owners. Um, he said that he wanted to live in a day. He had a dream that there'd come a day where his children would be judged not by the color of their skin. Watch this, everybody in the room knows. Not by the color of their skin, but what? By the content of their character. Now, do you know what every woke-ism, current civil rights leader, what what every loud protest is for right now? Do do you think they're pushing content of character or color of skin? That's all they're pushing. That's all all they're pushing. Dr. King didn't want to see nobody stand up and say, because I'm a strong, proud, independent black woman. Why don't you just be a humble, decent Christian and love everybody and have some character about you? That's not just Dr. King's word. That that is the word of the Lord. We're all different things. To be so easily separated, we look at somebody and say, okay, got to put you in the the, the black man box uh, based on, you know, the fact that you and Sonia have a child. I'm going to slide you into the black uh, man, heterosexual, uh, Christian, conservative uh financially conservative human being we got you in the black woman box, we got you in the black woman, and we just we go down and we box off all these people for what reason separation because i because I need to know who my people are you can't look you can't look. I always tell y'all about uh that 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 Hispanic I was with. we were walking through an airport, he was there to carry my bags we were walking through an airport. He said, hold on, Pastor. And then he, he flipped into his Hispanic. This dude's been speaking English his whole life, been living in, England, in America forever. He, he, threw, he threw a little Spanish at me. Hold on, Pastor, un momento. He ran from here to the other side of that wall. Hola, mi familia. I'm like, was she related to them people? No. That, but that's my people. They're from my island. Well, you don't know no island. What island are you talking about? They're from Puerto Rico. I said, you can look at them and tell. What if they're from Costa Rica? No, that's my people. And he hasn't put in his mind that these total four strangers are his family. What if they were going to some conference supporting uh, uh, what? NAMBLA? Anybody know what NAMBLA is? NAMBLA has a conference. What if all four of them Hispanics were getting on a plane to go to a NAMBLA conference? National Association for Man-Boy Love. And they were going to celebrate men having sex with five-year-old boys. And he just went over there and hugged them all because his eye picture caused him to think, my people. Mm. Better be careful. If you're going to get separated into people, know who you're getting separated into. Into We're all lots of different stuff. Obviously, you know, your skin tone means something uh, to, to other people. I wrote down some of the things that I am. I, I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. I'm a man. I'm an Atlanta Braves fan, Florida Gator fan. I'm a National League baseball fan. I'm Southern top to bottom. I'm American top to bottom. I am the single most heterosexual human being that ever lived, existed on the on the planet. Uh Man, when Tone Loke said it, I thought, not just the 80s, big man. Not just the 80s. He, he, when, when he sang Funky Cold Medina, he said, this the 80s. And Loke's down with the ladies. Not just the 80s, big man. We're different. We, I mean, we're, we're multifaceted. I'm a son. I'm a father. I'm a brother. I'm an uncle. But the thing that we all need to concentrate on as Christians is to not allow any of those parts of us facets of us to become identifiers when people talk about you they shouldn't be like oh yeah that's that rich dude that lives over there oh that that that's that con artist that lives over oh that that that's that that's that hoe she just she she wilding out what they should say about you is you're a christian your identifier beyond white black filipino Filipina, Pinoy Pine, uh, homeboy, or doctor of jurisprudence. Uh, your real identifier ought to be Christianity. I believe the reason why the church in America is, is as powerless as it has become is because we don't see other Christians as our people. Billy Graham said it, Dr. King said it, I'm sure others said it. The most segregated hour in America is 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. That's not an accident. That's a strategy. What I tell you, the devil's got strategies. Keep them separated. Keep them separate. Keep them keep them thinking that the other side is, is so bad that they could wouldn't be stronger without the other side. Let me tell you something. We, 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 we need every every black person in this church to be here. We need every white person in this church. We need every Filipino in this church. We need every Hispanic in this church. You you but you you better not identify yourself that way. Or you've been, you've been tricked by a strategy of the devil. Who are you at your core? Uh, different strategies work on different people. I don't define myself in any of that stuff. Uh, if oh, I forgot to put Boston Celtic fan on there. Some of y'all might know I'm a Celtic fan. But nobody's going to stand over me and say, here lies Scott Becker. He was a champion advocate. For the Boston Celtics. Nobody's going to say that. And if they say that over you, then you live the wrong kind. If somebody stands over you and says, here lies so-and-so, leading led the forefront for this active cause, that active cause, if, if being an activist is what they're going to remember you as, you've identified as the wrong thing. And you fell into a strategy that messed you up. 23 and me. I had a buddy of mine he asked me if I'd done 23. I said, Well, not for what? Well, you need to know who you are. I'm going to spit in a cup, mail it off to a lab that's been proven, by the way, to not be. Listen, if you think for a couple of dollars you can get real lab work done uh, on genetic DNA to target your, your, your ancestral location, I got a piece of swamp land I want to sell you. It's only cost $8 million, but it's worth every penny. He said, well, don't you want to know? Know what? what where, where your people came from? No, I mean. What, what, well, what if, what if they were all nobility and royalty? That don't add a dollar to my bank account. If all my ancestors were, were slaves, and because, and, and, listen, do, do some study. Seven times more numerically white people were enslaved to the Ottoman Empire than uh, Africans were involved in the transatlantic slave movement, and if my, all my ancestors were slaves that 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 uh never got any any publicity of good or if they were all nobel prize winners that don 't affect what i 'm having for lunch now nah, you need to know where you come from so you know where you 're going uh I know exactly where i 'm going i 'm going to eighteen ninety four hickory trace drive Fleming Island Florida three two oh oh three uh and and if my ancestors were, were great or if they were nothing, huh, that's still where I'm going. Find meaning for your life. If your meaning is wrapped up in, well, I, I come from uh, all, all my family uh, were on the Mayflower and they helped develop this big whoop de hoo hoo Man, I don't know why I got all these songs in my head today. But Janet asked the right question. Anybody know what Janet said? What have you done for me lately? Well, 700 years ago, we had a, a crown prince in our family's heritage. Well, if you po white trash, that, that, that ain't keeping your light bill turned on, paid and turned on. All these strategies to try to get us to identify as anything other than a follower of Jesus Christ. Mm. Listen to what Paul said. Paul said, Man, y'all, if anybody got a reason to identify as something outside of Christ, it's me. Because Paul had it going on. When the Bible says, Not many mighty, not many noble, not many wise have God called, but God chose the foolish thing. That mighty, noble, wise that God was talking about was the Apostle Paul. He had the money, he had the background, he had the pedigree, he had the resume. If you didn't even pretend to laugh right there, let me let me help you. Resume has no A in the word; it's spelled resume. And Paul had the resume. Listen, listen. Paul gave his resume out there because he was bashing people for identifying as something other than a Christian. He he was preaching my whole message. Uh, and then in verse four of Philippians three, he said, "Though I could have confidence in my own effort, if anybody could, indeed." If others have a reason, confidence in on efforts, I even more. People were like, well, you know, we, 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 we're descendants from Sparta. Oh, well, good for you. And they were all divided up like that. And Paul was like, man, y'all want to get on that lean? <laughs> if anybody can get on that lean, I got more reason to get on that lean than all y'all. Verse 5, he said, I was Listen to all these I statements. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. That was important back then. They wanted to know, did you get circumcised on the day God said? Listen, if you're in this room right now and you've been circumcised, you would not circumcise on the day God told you to get circumcised, and you ought to thank God for that. They need to make that a day one episode before, before you can ever remember it. Day two, I don't even know. And we ain't got no nurses in the room. I don't even know what day they do that on. Some of y'all got grandchildren. Uh, but this was important in their culture. It gave them status. Say status. He said, I'm a pure-blooded citizen. Now he's going to race. He said, Man, I'm, I'm a real Hebrew. He said, I am a member of the tribe of Benjamin, the most wealthy, educated, successful tribe. If he was in America right now, he would tell y'all he was a he was a, uh, an Asian that is descended from Asians. Because listen, next time you want to talk privilege, Asian Americans make more get into Ivy League colleges more, have more net worth and do better in America than any other group of people. And he's like, man, y'all think y'all got the ups on these, on these identities. <clears throat> I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. Not just that, I'm a member from the best tribe. I'm a real Hebrew, if there ever was one. I was a member of the fair. Pharise- now, let me stop on that. I had a guy give me a book one time. I lived in Tampa for a year. I went to a church. It was a Christian church. But how many of y'all know the devil sends in spies? This white dude came up to me. Uh, he said, hey, I saw you in church today. Uh, Is it your first time being here? Yeah, I just moved to Tampa, Jacksonville. He said, well, you look like a good fella." Okay, thanks. Where's this going? You never know how weird people might be. He said, I, I and he had them in his book. He said, I got two books I just want to give you as a blessing. I'm like, Okay. I threw them in my car. I got back to my apartment, I pulled them out. It was It was white nationalist supremacy books about how um, white people are the true Jews, and that America is the true Israel, and Israel's not that nation over there anymore that God put and it just I, I, I looked at the cover and threw them away. If you've got if you if you got your eyes open and you're walking through life paying attention, you've met somebody in your life or heard about somebody in your life that's walking around standing on street corners handing out pamphlets telling people that black folk are the true hebrews. They call them black Hebrew nationalists. Black folk are the true Africans. Hebrews are the hebrews. Paul was a brown folk or the hebrews. He said if if a, a real Hebrew, if ever where there was one, he's, and in his mind, he's thinking, "All oh, these people claiming Hebrewism. They, they, ain't, they ain't what I am. He said, I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience. These were the most respectest religious, pe- pe- respected religious people of the day. Put verse 6 up. He said, I was so zealous. All these I statements. That means I was, but you ain't. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church, and as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. Now he's gone to, he's went past uh, class structure, money, race, ethnicity. Now now he's gone into religion. Now he's gone into how good of a uh, morality person he is. Put verse 7 on the screen. He said, I once thought these things were valuable, comma. Pause on the punctuation. He said, I once thought these things were valuable. What things? All those things about my past, all those things about my ancestry, all those things about my people. I once thought they were valuable because it meant something to everybody around him. And those, these, these, these woke ideology separatist identities, they mean something to people around us. He said, but now, and we all need to get a but now moment. I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Verse 8, he said, yes, everything else is worthless compared to the infinite value of knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. For his sake, I've discarded everything else, counting it as garbage so that I could gain Christ. Well, Paul, how important it is, how important it is, is it to you that you're a Hebrew and, and God came for the Hebrew people? Garbage. Well, how important is it to you that you sat at the feet of Gamaliel, the most respected Uh, religious teacher of the day and that you had the highest-priced education on the planet. Garbage. How important is it to you, Paul, that you came from money and wealth and power? Garbage. Everything. So that I could what? Gain Christ. Verse 9, he said, And become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with Himself depends on faith. Paul said, "Every because Paul was that guy. He, if, if you weren't a Hebrew, you, you couldn't step with him. Even if you were a Hebrew, what tribe you from? What Gad? Is that really? He'd tell Gab. Manasseh. Was that a half tribe? What y'all ain't even real people. Inside his own people, he classed down." How many of y'all know uh, some some of the hardest problems minorities face, even still in uh, in America today, is other minorities crab potting them, pulling them down? Paul was that dude. Paul was like, Where'd you get educated? What what school did you go to? He was that dude. Well, how much money did your parents? He was that dude. He said, Man, I count all that as nothing. I just want to know Jesus and become one with him, and counting on all that other stuff. So how do we as Americans that have been raised up in a country that continues to violate the word of God, that continues to violate the wisdom of a God-ordained movement like the Civil Rights Movement and, and the brilliance of a human being like Dr. King to call people together, 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 together? How, how, how do we overcome the stupidity of decades of separating uh, of having white people say, one more, one more black person moves in this neighborhood, I got to move out. Really? They might be the best blessing to your life you ever had. And vice versa, and all the way around. How do we overcome hundreds of years of that that draws us away from the teaching of the Word of God? Last two verses I'm going to give you. I'm going to be quick, but I want you to hear them. Because this is the key of the key of the key. Our text, Matthew six thirty three. Jesus said, seek the kingdom of God above all else, comma. That's number one. Say number one. And number two, and live righteously. And this is one of those if and then promises I talk about. The Bible has promises. Most of them are conditional where you've got to do your part before God's even going to think about doing his part. And this is a two for one. This is two commands to get to one promise. You've got to do two things. Seek God above all else. If you're more white than you are Christian, you will never be good in God's kingdom. If you're more black than you are uh, Christian, you will never. If it's in your mouth, I'm still waiting. I want. If you meet her, s- s- send, me, send me the video of it. I have never met uh, a white man that says, "Cause I'm a grown bleep white man." I, 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 I've met the black man that said. I've never met a white woman that said, "Cause I, cause I'm a big strong independent." A uh, powerful white woman. Uh, different strategies for different people. That 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 don't work. Na- Nancy Richards never looked at herself in the mirror and thought, "I'm a big, strong white woman." She laughed. She knows she knows what she is. She ain't need nobody to pump her up and draw her her, her into some identity. If you identify as anything and you let it pull you away to cause you to think that's who you are, you've missed the purpose of God's kingdom, and you can't get to the promise in this verse because you've got to put God above everything else. Men, sometimes that's hard. Sometimes you got to, you know, make nice with a Laker fan. Y'all didn't get it. you got to put God above everybody else. That's, that's, on, that's even on the Florida-Georgia game. And that's right, Florida... Georgia game, Florida, Georgia game. People come wearing footprints tattooed on their face in red and black. People come wearing orange and blue. That that can't be your identity. That just has to be a side piece, a very marginal piece of who you are. Don't separate yourself and 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 get in these little clicks and corners. You got to seek God above all else. Second thing you got to do is live right. People don't want to live right. Okay. Well, if you want to be identified as something other than someone who puts God above everything else and lives right according to God, then you cannot have this promise. And this is what I want you to have in 2024 and every year following. The promise is if you do these two things, you're going to get this one promise. This is like a a buy two, get one free right here. He said if you will seek God above all else and live right, God's going to give you everything you need. Ain't nothing in there about seeking 23 and me. If that's important to you, do it. But if that becomes your identity, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even remember what commercial it was. Uh they had one guy, some white dude. He he'd been told his whole life that his 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 um his heritage was something, uh something other than, and he would follow on that. And then it showed him dancing around in a kilt. And he found out after 23 and Me, his people were Scott. If you're going to start dressing different based on what somebody told you used to be, you probably ain't seeking God first. Because God said he, he looks on the inside, not on the outside. If something on the outside, if you attach your identity to something that I can see, then that's outside. God said inside. And the promise, if you do these two things, put, seek God above everything else. It don't matter in the it don't matter a bit to me who you vote for. I don't care what you think about President Obama. Uh, everybody knows. Uh, I prayed for President Obama every day when he was in office. I did the same thing for Donald Trump. There's not two men, there's not two men on, on on the character level more different than those two people. You figure out for yourself which one that I, I'm putting on top. Need any help? Ask me after church. It's not the one that's been married nine times and, and, and said he'd have sex with his daughter, though. So that, that's just a clue for you. I don't care which one y'all, who you like, who you don't like. Doesn't matter to me who you vote for, who you don't vote for. Doesn't matter for me uh, what 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 your theory is on same sex marriage and non binary gender conforming. Is the most important thing in your life. Seeking God's kingdom. Or are you seeking politics and race and money and education? Are you separating or are you uniting? Because Christians need to come together. We can't do it with all this woke identity check boxes. And if we don't do it, then we won't have what verse 33 said. He said, and he will give you. This is a then. This is after you do all that other stuff. He will give you everything you need. I'd love to see the Celtics win the title this year. They're in first place. They got the best team in the NBA. Some people would argue about that, but, you know, real coach will tell you you are what your record says you are. I'm not going to lose any sleep if they don't. Who who won the game? I didn't even see who won the game last night. I I grew up with Miami Dolphins sheets, bedspread, curtains, all that. Who won the game last night? I figured they would. I didn't even I didn't even check the score on it. It's, it's, it ain't no there was a day in my life I used to not go to church on Sunday night and I was a teacher. When the Dolphins would lose the one o'clock game, I'd throw stuff in my house and I'd be like, I ain't even showing up tonight. People gonna be harass-. And I was so identified as a Miami Dolphin fan. But as God began to m- m- mature me and grow me as a Christian, I'm like. What difference does that make? That gonna change eternity? That ain't gonna change eternity if the Celtics win this year. would like to see them win. But unless I put God above everything and live right, I'm never gonna have everything I need. Too many Christians sitting back wondering when my ship gonna come in. When am I gonna get past this all this? Blah, 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 blah. Never living the way you're living. Not until you start putting God above everything else. If you're more white than you are Christian, you'll never get this promise. If you're more black than you are Christian, you're never going to get this promise. If you're more anything, if you're more Republican, more Democrat, if, if you're more active in any cause other than seeking God first, you will not ever get everything you need. You'll be a struggling person all the days of your life. Well, how can I do it, Pastor? Well, I've been trying to do that for so long. Last verse. The very next verse, verse 34. So... And when you see so contextually here, that means because of what I just said. Don't, here's what you should do: don't worry about tomorrow, comma. God's saying live in the now. He said in many places don't to forget about the past. Well, I need to know the past. Uh, he's saying don't worry about tomorrow. Well, I need to plan for tomorrow. No, what you need to do is what that old so y'all know I ain't a country music. Uh, a Southern Gospel music fan, uh, but they got some good words, and you need to do what that, whoever it was said, one day at a time. Sweet Jesus. Now, she didn't really say one day at a time. She said, one day at a time. Sweet Jesus. You don't have to do it like that. But if you don't start living in today, if you're so worried about your past or your future, the devil worked a strategy on you. You been snuck. You stepped into that trick bag, and he's laughing at you. Stop focusing on the future. Stop focusing on the past. Don't worry about tomorrow. Why? It's the truest things ever been said in life. Tomorrow brings its own worries. ha <laughs> Well, shouldn't I be prepared? Yeah, you should be preparing. Yeah, you should be wise. Yeah, you should have goals in the future. That's different than worrying. Don't get so focused on it that you skip past today. There's so many people that are really want to be in their heart. They want to be everything that God wants them to be. And they want to have everything that God wants them to have, and they're so worried about the past, the future, the, the who the president is. They're so worried about elections and money and econ- that they're missing out on the big picture, and that is loving God and loving people. When's the last time you talked to somebody that mattered to you? I ain't talking about love you, bro. Love you, sis. I'm not talking about that. When's the last time you called up mom or daddy? When's the last time you looked your child in the face? When's the last time you embraced somebody that God put in your life that made a difference in your life, and, 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 and you you've got in the moment? Stop the madness and just, just live in today. Be a right now Christian. When the Lord's disciple said, teach us how to pray, he said, pray like this. Ask God to give you your daily bread. Get you through today. Why? Tomorrow's going to take care of itself. Tomorrow's got its own it's got its own bag of troubles. And the last thing he said, today's trouble, that's enough. That's enough for today. Let's just get through today. Stop talking about what you're going to be once you get past this hurdle, what you're going to do once you when, when, once, once you get married, once you get divorced, once you get a better job, all that. That's not living in today. That's living in a fantasy of going to do land. It's never going to happen. But the devil, he works. That's the strategy he worked on you. He's got all kinds of strategies. But the way that you can get everything you need is by doing those two things. Come on, Victor. By doing those two things, by seeking God above everything, seeking God, seeking. It's embarrassing in my lifetime. I told Jake last night because he was watching both games. And I, I said, well, what's, what's your fiancé doing? He said, oh, she's doing what she does every weekend. She's sitting right here beside me. I said, boy, you telling me you make that woman watch nine hours of football every Saturday and every Sunday? He said, well, you know, she got her dog in her lap. I'm like. <laughs> and then I thought, that was me years ago. And that's some of y'all. Watch, 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 watch the pregame show. Watch, watch the one o'clock game. Watch the four o'clock game. Watch the eight thirty game. Watch the Monday night game. Watch the Thursday night game. Am I right? We're talking about thirty hours of TV sitting. Oh, but it's great, Pastor. Especially, especially if, if if my boys are on the field. What's the last time you spent 30 hours in your Bible in a week? Mic drop, boom. just the it. Mic drop. See, we seek stuff. I know people going through this Ancestry.com. They've been, didn't you do that one time, Dina? It didn't take you as far as you, you need to let me know who we are. It don't matter to me because I'm who I am without all that. But spending hours researching my great-great-great-grandfather on my mother's sister's third cousin's twice-removed side. I don't even know what twice-removed means. But thinking that uh, if I read my proverb of the day, by, by the way, it takes less than three minutes. If I read my proverb of the day and say, now let me down to sleep before I go to bed, that, that five minutes you tossed at God after watching nine hours of football this weekend. After, after, after playing 200 hours of bing, uh, bingo clash or whatever game they're pushing. That's, there's a difference between seeking and what most Christians call their time with God. Seek God. That'll give you the ability to walk. in. Doing verse 34 will give you the ability to walk in verse 33. Live in the moment. Every one of us know tomorrow's not promised. Every one of us know. I want y'all to be in prayer for for the Dixon family. Sonja's father passed, and they're going to be traveling. 95 years old. Pe- people might have known, and I told her. Uh I've I, I've been in my own mind prepared. You're like, Pastor, you're just morbid. No, I'm, I'm just realistic. My mother's 81 years old. I know I'm not going to have my mother every day. I know there's going to come a day I'm, I'm, I'm going to get a phone call. Well, Sonja's dad lived to be 95. But she got that phone call and now they gotta get listen you're gonna get phone calls in your life and you don't need to be that person that said I wish I would have done this 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 and this while they were living Jesus said you need to work while it's day because there's a day coming when nobody's gonna be allowed to work I'm gonna close with my mama's wisdom she said boy send me my flowers while I'm living Don't wait to tell me that you love me, standing over my body, looking at me in a casket. Love me now. I want to encourage every person in this room, love the people that you love now. Get out of the past. Get out of worrying about tomorrow. We all got things we got to do tomorrow. Make sure you live today. Be present in the moment. We believe that God is a right now God, and he is controller of everything. Today is the day that the Lord has made. This is the day that God gave us. Live into. Don't let today skip you by. Because this day is never coming back. Maximize your opportunity. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Help us, God, to love you the way we should. Help us to love each other the way we should. God, I pray that you would open our eyes to the strategies of the enemy that would divide us. And let us be one for your love. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you. Life. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at AOCFnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to ALCFnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.